Alright, so today we are going to continue in the series, The Kingdom of God. And this is part 9. I'm just going to do a brief recap. Uh, last week we covered uh, six truths about the Kingdom of God. And that was, the wicked does not have access to the Kingdom of God. That's the sixth truth we covered last week. And I, I'm just going to cover a little bit for a few minutes. And the Bible is very specific about who will or will not get into God's kingdom. And we were in first, in Second Peter, we talked about God's divine power, which gave us all things to live a godly life through the knowledge of Christ. And that knowledge we talk about was epinosis, which means it's not that's not just casual knowledge. We're talking about intimate knowledge of Christ. This knowledge has been made available to us through promises. Through promises. So why? So that we may be partakers of the divine nature. So that we can be God, like God himself. The knowledge that we get through our relationship with Christ. Makes available to us the benefits. So that we can be partakers of God's divine nature. To be like God himself. So when you don't spend the time studying the word and reading, meditating... And obeying the word. You deprive yourself. Of a fellowship. With the divinity. Of God. <laughs> Amen. You deprive yourself. When you don't spend the time. In the word. Building that relationship with God. Just, just meditate on that. When you are a partaker of God's nature. You have escaped the corruption. That's in the world. Which ensnares people through the, their own lust. That means that you are walking by faith and in the love of God. And no longer allow the flesh to control you. But you keep the flesh under subjection. That's why Jesus came. So that sin no longer will have power over us. And, and sin enters through the lust of the flesh. But if we learn how to submit to the Spirit, mortify, put to death our desires, we are not no longer subject to sin, but sin now is subject to us. So in 1 Corinthians, we're talking 15, we say that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Nothing on this earth can inherit the kingdom of God, nothing. Nothing that has made flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And we understand that those who are caught up in corruption, those are the unrighteous, they need to hear the truth. But we must also show compassion and mercy. That is why, and the reason why I said that, that's why Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Bless those who curse you. That's why Jesus said that. Because we, that is showing compassion. Because they are not, they are mercy. They don't get what they deserve. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians that not only are the unrighteous caught up in corruption. He said in 1 Corinthians, we were like them. We were like them caught up in corruption. But now we are washed, sanctified justified in the name of Jesus. So, in other words, we have to show compassion and mercy because we used to be habitual sinners. 
But since we got saved, we are no longer habitual sinners. I hope not. We're not supposed to be. But understand that when people, the unrighteous are dealing, you're dealing with the unrighteous, understand where they're coming from. They don't know any better. They can only do what's natural to them. So we have to understand that. And as believers, you have to be able to discern that and know that. Habitual sinners cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because you're always walking in the lust of your flesh. And the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. The Bible is also clear about people who live according to the lust of their own flesh. That they will die in their sins. And in Romans 8, Paul said that if you live after the, the flesh, you will die. But if you through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body. He said through the spirit. Mortify the deeds of the body. You can't modify the deeds of the body on your own. That's willpower. And willpower, you can only keep up willpower for, for so long. But eventually you're going to wear out. But that's why he said, through the Spirit, modify the deeds of the body. Because you need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to keep your flesh under subjection. Because you can't do it in your own power. You can't. It's just not going to happen. You can't do it. Understand, when a person indulges in their lust, they are mired in their sin and caught up in corruption. And you're caught up in the corruption that's in the world because you're walking in your own flesh. And the only way out is through Christ. And that's the way God designed it to be. That's the God of the Bible's way. The only way out of corruption is through Christ. Only the things which have escaped corruption can enter the kingdom of God. And that happens only God's way. That can only happen God's way. We don't have to like it. The world doesn't have to like it. But it's the truth. It's what God says and how it's, how it's supposed to unfold. That's why Jesus says, when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. As we live this life, if you live this life long enough and you walk with the Lord long enough, you see the truth of, of that statement. When you know, when you see the truth of the word, the gospel of the kingdom, you know that you're caught up in, in, in corruption. And you know, when you see that word, you know now that the power has been made available for you to escape that corruption. But if you don't know the truth, you're caught up in corruption and you don't even know it. Because truth exposes the darkness. Truth exposes the lies. The lies. And when you see the truth and you know it, you can't, you can't go back. You can't, you just can't. You don't have to put up with, with, with sin. You don't have to put up with the devil. You don't have to put up with that stuff. Alright, so today, that's the end of the recap. Today we're going to talk about the seventh truth. And that is, number seven, the value of the kingdom. So let's go to Matthew chapter six. We're going to, we're going to do some reading today. And a lot of all these scriptures we've read before, but I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, then 24 to 33. All right. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or wealth. Verse 25. Therefore, because of all the stuff I just said, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I've read those scriptures over and over. And I've saw, I'm going to take you to some other scripture and I'm going to show you how it all ties together. When Jesus is speaking of one thing in one place, when he's speaking somewhere else, they're not two separate. They're all tied together. He says here, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now let's get this in its right context. We must work. Plan, manage what God blesses us with for life on this earth. Because it says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, doesn't mean you don't work. Okay? Because your work, whatever God, that work is God's provision for you. You're supposed to manage it well, manage your finances, manage your household, plan. These are things you're supposed to be doing. Alright, so let's not get let's not get it twisted here, alright? Our focus, however, should be should not be about acquiring wealth. That should not be our focus. But I could also put that in put that in its context. There are those who God has gifted with the ability to get wealth. Alright? So that's a gift. But they also, they might have the gift for wealth, but they don't have other gifts that other people have. So let's not, it's not saying that you, nothing, nothing, he's not saying something's wrong with having wealth. That's not what he's it's saying here. Alright, so, you know, some people just go on a religious tan- tangent and say, you know, supposed to be poor and naked and whatever. It's not about that. That has nothing to do with it. Okay? Alright, so, it's not about acquiring wealth. 
we have to develop this is what it's about when it say seeking about talking about lay up for yourself treasures in heaven we have to develop godly character we have to be a godly example to our children and people in our sphere of influence we have to love one another determine our function in the body and fulfill it support the work of the kingdom of God, etc., 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 etc. These are the things we need to be focusing on. When, that's what it talks about, laying up for yourself treasure in heaven. That's what it's talking about. What you value will determine your focus. You hear what Jesus says here? No one can serve. Well, verse 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We live in a culture where you are required to multitask. But let me ask you a question. How much of your heart do you really put into when you're multitasking, into each thing? Do you put your whole heart into it or you just put some of your, your energy into it? Some. Exactly. Jesus is saying here, verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then, if you move down to verse 24, He said, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. So what he's saying, what you value will determine your focus. So if you value earthly treasures, if you value wealth, that's what you're going to be focused. You put your heart into if you value the things of God, that is what you're going to put your heart into. That's what he's saying. You cannot devote your heart to multiple things. That means what? You have a divided heart. When you try to, to devote to multiple things, your heart's divided. You cannot be a... What does the Bible say about a divided heart? Where you receive nothing from the Lord. Because you're not committed. You're not. Okay, so understand, you have to make a choice. You have to pick one thing and serve that. Serve God or serve wealth. Serve the things of God or serve the things of the world. You've got to make a choice. So Jesus gave the example. And, and, and if you, you watch, how, how, what, watch what Jesus was saying. Jesus gave an example here in, in this, what we were reading here. You hear what he said? Our heavenly Father. He's talking to children. And then he talks about unbelievers. When he says, seek ye first. He said, for this, the Gentiles seek. The, un the Gentiles, the unbelievers, seeking what, you, what you're going to wear, how you're going to live. But he said, your heavenly Father. There's a difference. There, there's a difference there. See, when Jesus said, our heavenly Father, he's talking relationship. Do you hear that? He's talking relationship. Unbelievers don't have the koinonia. They don't have that relationship. Because they're unbelievers. But if you're in Christ, you have that fellowship. And you don't call, you don't call the Heavenly Father, call Him the man upstairs. You said, He's my Heavenly Father. Do you, you understand? So, context. Context. So, Jesus is saying here, the Father takes care of the birds. He said, are we not more valuable than they? 
And he said, even Solomon, in all his glory, Solomon back in the day, he was the wisest and the wealthiest. Solomon's glory in the, in the peak of his glory couldn't compare to the glory that you could you see out in nature. He said, look how the, look how the, the, the grasses were clothed with, with glory and, uh, uh, glory and, and beauty. He says Solomon in his day couldn't even compare to that. And he said those things, even, and those things were even superior to Solomon's glory. Those things are easily destroyed. The father takes care of the birds, clothes the, the grass of the field. And are we not more valuable? Then he said what? Have faith. He said have faith. Why? In verse 30. He saved God now close the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you or you of little faith? He said your father you are more valuable than the grass of the field and the birds of the air. And you are worried about your provision and your protection. He said you have no faith. He's talking about treasure on talking about serving God and, and, and wealth. And then he starts talking about Heavenly Father. Yeah. And provision. What does that have to do with, with, with what he said before? Well, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Now he said, after all these things he said, the Gentiles seek the provision and the protection. But he said, your Father already knows what you have need of. So have faith. Knowing that he's going to give you what you need. He's going to provide what you need. Then Jesus said, after all that, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus said it, therefore it must be important. I mean, everything he says is important. But seek first the kingdom of God. He said, all that stuff I said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it must be important if he said to seek first the kingdom. So for us to fully enjoy the kingdom, the kingdom life while we are on earth, we can't be worried about our provision and our protection. We can't be worried about that stuff. Because if you're worried about it, where's your focus? On the things of the earth. Okay? So when you seek the kingdom, our Father provides what we need. You have to know that. The kingdom of God is more than our provision and our protection. It's also about caring for one another to benefit the whole. Remember what I said? When I said before? When I said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Remember what I said, what that laying up for yourself treasures in heaven means? That's what he was referring to in here. The kingdom of God is more than just your provision and protection. It's also about caring for one another to benefit the whole. Developing godly character. Loving your brethren. Managing the things God gave you. Loving your brethren. Sharing. They tie together there. Alright? Now, let's go to Matthew 13 now. Now, keep in mind all the stuff I just said. Let's go to Matthew 13, verses 44 to 46. You there? there? Okay, watch this. Jesus said, He just said, Seek first the kingdom of God. He, that's what He said 
couple chapters before. Now he's, what is he talking about? The kingdom of God. And he's speaking in parables. Telling the people who have ears to hear what this kingdom is like. What it's about. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the stuff you worry, you're concerned about will be added out to you. Now this is what the kingdom is. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Which a man found and hid and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, verse 45. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who when he had found one of pearl of great price went and sold all he had and bought it. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like a pearl of great price found. Look at what happens here. Something of great value was hidden. Do we agree with that? Something of great value was hidden. And then you have a man and a merchant. They were seeking something. Seeking something. And recognize it when they found it. One was look, found treasure. One was looking for pearls, but found a pearl of great value. So what they encountered was more valuable than anything in their possession. What did they find? Treasure. That treasure they found was more valuable than anything they had. So what did they do? They sold all that they had. Everything to acquire the treasure. They sold everything to acquire the treasure. Why? Because what they found was more valuable than anything they owned. Every, and not anything, everything they owned. So they sold everything to acquire that. Oh my Lord. And what, look at this. It says, For the joy over it. When he found the treasure, there was joy. So their priority was to acquire that thing of great value. Whatever they had before was treasure. But when they found this treasure, it surpassed any, all anything they had. So they just, they got rid of, they sold everything they had to acquire what this, this thing that of greater value to them. What, so when you, when they sold everything, what does that mean? It means what? They surrendered everything. You were willing to sell all that you have to acquire this one thing. It means you surrendered it. Because when you're selling something, you're, sur you're just giving it up. You're surrendering it to get something of greater value. Amen? Okay. We're there, right? So when we truly find the kingdom, Jesus said our priorities will be in order. And we will treasure it above everything else. Our heart won't be divided. We won't be serving, trying to serve God and, and wealth. When you truly find, because Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So there is something very special about that kingdom. When you find it, you will be willing to surrender everything to get it. 
You'd be willing to surrender everything to acquire it. Our priorities will be in order when we treasure it above everything else. Why are people nonchalant about the things of God? Who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. Why? They have not seen the value or have not perceived the value of the kingdom. When you see how God will start moving and changing things in your life, you see the value of the kingdom. <laughs> when you see the value, you, it's not hard to surrender stuff. Let's go to Matthew 19, 21-23. Just hold on to those thoughts. So look at the Jesus was talking about treasure before. Where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Then he's talking about the, the man and the merchant. They found treasure. Where was their heart? Their heart was on acquiring the treasure. They surrendered everything to acquire that treasure. Are you there? Matthew 19 verses 21 to 23. We read this before but let's read it again. Are you there? Okay, I'm going to skip through. But verse 21. So this was Jesus speak. The young man asked, this young rich ruler asked Jesus a question. And Jesus responded. Then Jesus said to him, verse 21. If you want to be perfect or mature, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will come, you and you will have what? Treasure in heaven. And come follow me. When the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful and he was, he had great, because he had what? Great possessions. Verse 23. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. What did you, what do you see there? If you want to be mature, a, a son of God, Go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have what? Treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So the young rich ruler, he did not understand the value of the kingdom. Because where was his heart? And his stuff. So he couldn't see past his stuff. He's a natural man. Okay? He did not understand the value of the kingdom. Jesus was teaching and preaching about the kingdom. The young ruler was not willing to surrender everything to seek it. You see, he had to be willing to surrender. Because just like the man and the merchant. When they found the treasure that was of greater value than everything they had. They were willing to surrender everything to acquire it. But the rich young ruler couldn't see the kingdom. Couldn't perceive its value. So he wasn't willing to surrender his, the earthly treasure. To acquire a heavenly treasure. So we got to say that think. Really. See we got to think about. Because the, the, Jesus said before. Your heavenly father knows what you have need of. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. What you're going to eat. He said. But seek first the kingdom of God. So you see, the king, what does that seeking mean? The seeking means you have to be willing to surrender everything else and seek the things of God. 
going to get into messed up here. Because people take, take that and go crazy with it. And don't think they have to do, be heavily minded and no earthly good. You're still in this body. You're still living on this earth. You got to pay your mortgage. You got to pay your rent. You got to, you got to, alright? So understand, you can't be crazy. So what, what I'm saying here, you have to be willing to surrender. That's the same thing with the, the, the man and the merchant. The king, Jesus was telling the young ruler what he had to do. The question is, he wasn't, the thing is, he wasn't willing to surrender. And that is something we have to be willing to surrender. Because if the Lord asks us to do something, we have to be willing to surrender. But he couldn't do it. Why? Because he was blind. Number one, he didn't recognize the king. He didn't recognize Jesus as king. And his heart was towards his earthly treasure. If you want to be a partaker of the divine nature, it comes at a cost. You have to seek the things, you have to seek the king and seek the kingdom. Let's go to Matthew 13, 23. Now, I, I've read this scripture many times, and this is the parable of the sower. You're there, right? We're not going to read it all. I'm just going to read one part. Verse 23. Are you there? Jesus is saying, he's still talking kingdom stuff. Jesus is saying, verse 23, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some six, some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Now, how does that tie into everything we just said here? He who receives seed on the good ground, he who hears the word, understands it. And it's the word of what? The kingdom. It's the word of the kingdom. Because if you go back and, and Jesus set up in the beginning, he's talking about the word of the kingdom. You hear, you receive it, understands it. And this is not instantaneous. This person bearing fruit, this doesn't just, just happen. It happens over time. Why? Because this person has been seeking. This person's heart has been on the, on the things of God. This person's treasure is in the things of God. The treasure, they, they understand the things of the kingdom. They're applying what they've learned. And because of the byproduct of it is the fruit that you see. Because there's no way you could be seeking the kingdom, walking by faith and not bear fruit. That is impossible. That means, if that doesn't happen, that means God's word lies. And God's word doesn't lie. So if you're seeking the kingdom, if your heart is, is where it's supposed to be, your priorities are where it is, there is no way you cannot bear fruit. The person, this person, we read in verse 23, habitually seeks and understands what they have found and treasures it above all else. And the fruit manifests itself. Why? Because God is able by His Spirit to work through you, to express Himself through you. Glory to God. Did you hear that? God is able because you're surrendering. You've already surrendered yourself to Him. You've surrendered everything. Why? Because you mortify the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. So you're doing things His way and not your way. 
So he is able to work through you to express himself. You understand? So when I was re- I read I was reading this, I'm like, oh my! You know, you read these parables, and it's like, okay, you know, some sixty. Why? Right, I want to bear fruit, but do you really understand what it takes? Do you people, people really meditate on what it takes? You got to seek. That's why Jesus said, "Seek ye first the kingdom." That wasn't a suggestion. He's telling the children of the kingdom. Because he's saying your heavenly father already knows what you have need of. Seek the kingdom. And when you do that, this is what happens. You start bearing fruit. It starts a little bit. And then as you keep seeking, as you keep pursuing, then as you start seeing more fruit. Why? Because you've been pruned. You've been cut back. And as you keep going and you keep pursuing in the pain... In the joy. Why? You have pain because you've been cut back. But you have joy because you know what's coming. Oh God. I'm the only one getting excited here. But you understand. When we do that. When we seek the kingdom. The Holy Spirit has no choice but to express himself through us. No choice. Why? Because we are conduit God can use. So we've got to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Ask yourself, do I trust the king enough to take him at his, at his word? Are we going to be like the rich young ruler? Do we even recognize the king? I love Jesus. But do you really know who he is? Because if you don't know who he is, you can't take him at his word. You can't. And if you know him, that means you're seeking the kingdom. <laughs> Amen. Right? The next question. Is he really going to take care of me and my family if I truly follow him? Is he really going to do it? Oh, I got I to gotta toil. I got to work hard. I got to take advantage of opportunities. I got to seek opportunities. Because one thing, one thing people get tripped up with, they say, well, God takes care of those who take care of themselves. Well, let's qualify that. Does that mean you're walking by faith? Or are you trying to make your own road? Own road? Yeah, but you've got to take steps of faith. God, take, God helps those who help themselves, but how are you going to help me? How are you helping yourself? Are you going to, you know, like backstabbing, lying, cheating, scheming? Qualify it. That's a blanket statement people use, but you got to, what's the context? You're doing it your way or God's way? We say we love Jesus. Jesus said, your father know, already knows what you have need of. Yes, I love Jesus. That's what the word says. But when the rubber means the road, do you really believe God is going to take care of you and your family? Is he going to really provide? Is he really going to do it? But that goes back to the previous one. Do you know him? Because if you don't know him, you're not going to believe his word. And you're not going to trust him. Next question. Am I willing to let go of anything if and when he asks? Am I willing to let go of anything if and when he asks? No problem. We will do it. We're going to do it. It's not, a, it's not until. Until there is lack. Because usually when there's lack, people want to hold on to stuff. 
You know when you're trying to lose weight? And those last 10 pounds are the hardest 10 pounds. Why? Because your body doesn't want to give it up. No, it's the truth. Doesn't want to give it up. Are we willing... Are we willing to let go of those last 10 pounds? <laughs> because we feel we're going to... We got nothing. We, I, I got no cushion. Your buddy said, I need, I need some energy stores here. I need something to keep me going. We can't let go of those last 10 pounds. Are we willing to surrender everything? When you have a lot, it's easy to... But when you get it out to the, the bottom of the barrel, you don't want to let go of nada, nothing. But that's, that's a serious question. You, I, I have to ask myself those things all the time. Am I willing... To let go of anything if and when he asks. This requires faith. Entering the kingdom of God requires faith. And seeking it requires both faith and endurance. Amen. It's not a one time thing. But a continuous pursuit. Do we, do we have faith? Are we willing? How badly do we want the things of the kingdom? How badly do we want the things of the kingdom? Do we want to hold on? And to, do we really want it? Or we want to hold on to the earthly stuff and pursue it? Do we really want to hold on to those last 10 pounds? <laughs> Let go of it and pursue the things of God. I mean, these are serious questions. We have to make, and these are decisions we got to make daily. We got to make these decisions daily. But anyhow, those are some questions that you know, I ask myself, and you should be willing to ask yourself. And then, you know, really have some serious answers about that. Because you will be put to the test. 